This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Keynotes, panels, announcements, and awards. Wrapping up a virtual SC20. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, and joined this week on HPC by both Tiffany Trader and Oliver Peckham from HPC Wire as we put a wrap on a virtual SC20. It was a really interesting experience. SC Week is huge for all of us, of course, but we thought we would be there in Atlanta originally. That's just not the way the year went for us. We had a, a virtual conference. Tiffany, you and I already wrapped up the top 500 and some of the early announcements with AMD and NVIDIA, but how was the show for you, Tiffany, and what were some of your key takeaways? Oh, I thought that SC20 did a phenomenal job, truly excellent. So just huge shout out here to the organizers from the, the, the general chair, Chris, Christine Quickie, and co-chair Becky Rastegi. To all the other chairs and the army of volunteers, uh, I got to say, um, been was very impressed with with how it went off, really, without a hitch from my my point of view, and have just been impressed with with all the virtual conferences this year. Um, and then the SC, SC had a little bit little bit longer of a ramp up, but a much more massive a massive show to do put on, and thought that came out really well. Uh, you know, having put on some smaller events ourselves, Addison, uh, your company, Intersect 360 Research, and my and HPC Wire and Tabor Communications, we we know just for a smaller event, the enormous amount of planning and organization it takes. So, I, I mean, hats off uh, for, for this one. Um, this extensive conference, really lots of memorable things and fascinating things about it. I thought the, the keynote was uh, was fantastic. Um, you know, the, the, the panels, the session, lots of sessions we can get into a little bit more. But, you know, just starting from, from the keynote, Bjorn Stevens, a director at the Max Planck Institute for Meteorology, gave a, gave a, um, a, a wonderful presentation on, on, on climate and global warming and the, the more than HPC plenary. And uh, you should all definitely check that out. You can check that out on the, the, the SC site itself. It's also available on YouTube. And our editor here, Oliver Peckham, put out some great great coverage on it too, Oliver. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think they did an excellent job with the content as much as you could with a virtual platform. And you're right, all of this stuff is still available on demand. Over the weekend, I was still consuming some of the panels and, and, and going back and getting more information, which is one advantage that we have here. I found that I did need to be a lot more intentional about choosing to be engaged. When we're all there together, it's almost like you can't get away from it. You're living supercomputing for for those uh, for that week that you're there now it had to really be a matter of choice to focus in but I agree uh, that the uh, keynote was interesting as Bjorn really talked about this from an ultimate answer standpoint and uh, and recapped a century of postulates and research uh, in uh, climate research Oliver you did the the write-up of that and this was that you're relatively new on the HPC wire team this was your big introduction to supercomputing so uh, what were some of your thoughts from the event and from the keynote well you know addison it's my big introduction to supercomputing conferences uh but i come from a climate science background so i was thrilled to see uh bjorn stevens uh whose name i know and max Planck, wonderful institute um coming up with the climate science keynote in the year of COVID. i thought that was a really fascinating choice and i'm glad we got a, a spotlight on climate science again one of the most important applications for uh hpc and supercomputing uh bjorn stevens 
fascinating speaker, uh, delivered a wonderful, geeky presentation. If you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there are a lot of Easter eggs in there for you. Um, and he goes from the hist through the history of climate climatology, really, from around 130 years ago, where Arrhenius uh, developed this kind of uh, famous equation on how to solve for the temperature of the Earth. And he goes through those 130 years, showing how uh, all these climatologists and meteorologists um, slowly solved each of the variables of that equation until we finally arrive at the brink of the exascale era today. And he kind of muses and theorizes on how we might be on the brink of solving the final variable. It's a fascinating talk. Uh, I was really glad to see it spotlighted. Now, there were a lot of other sessions, of course, that uh, we can recap. And let's put a pin for a second in the more than HPC plenary, which was later the same day and did focus on COVID-19. I think we've got a lot of, of that content. But beyond the more than HPC plenary, uh, for each of you, what were some of the other sessions that, uh, that you really had big takeaways on? Well, I, I liked a number of the presentations. I, I actually like leading leading up into SC, there was an ARM user group that came out that had a lot of compelling content. So you know, that's another thing to go back and check out. There was a, um, and there's a new effort out of South Korea uh, to, to put a new, new ARM IP design uh, with an accelerator right, right on the ARM chip. Uh, there was a good uh, panel uh, from C, CXL and Gen Z that explored how these consortiums and standards are evolving along and how they're much more complementary than overlapping um, with, with Gen Z being a, a robust fabric manager. That was another good one. Uh, and then I really liked yours, Addison, the the storage panel that you moderated. I think we're, we're going to have coverage of that up on, on the site soon. Uh, but I, I think that that, I hear that that went pretty well and it was well attended. I did enjoy that very much. We had a great set of panelists talking about the diverse approaches to HPC storage with over 500 attendees, which I think just what goes to show that people know that they want the performance of Flash and NVMe SSDs, but but for many of these sites, it's not economical to go to an all-Flash environment, and therefore storage tiering is just a dominant topic for practical high-performance storage right now. And anytime you get Glenn Lockwood of NERSC involved, you know you're going to get a, a good panel. And then there were a number of different vendors represented, all of whom had their own specific approaches to tiering, whether it was uh, burst buffers or or distributing by size of file. So, so that was a fun conversation. And I would recommend going back and looking at it. From my standpoint, other sessions I enjoyed, I really enjoyed HPC in the Age of Uncertainty, uh, which was uh, moderated by Rescale, also had some other cloud focus, including Nidhi Chappelle from uh, Microsoft Azure, really looked at when you have so much uncertainty in the market right now, there is a tendency to go more toward utility computing sorts of models, which is consistent with our market model and forecast for this year. And then for fun, I really enjoyed the exotic technology sessions. They had one on systems and one on storage, where they had the time capsules with people's predictions from SCO6 as to where we would be today in 2020 as an analyst. I know how scary it can be to put up your slides from 10, 15 years ago and say, all right, here are my long-range predictions. And they gave away nice bottles of wine for who were the most accurate and then made new sets of predictions for 15 years out. Where do you think we're going to be at SC35? I think that's wonderful uh, long-range projections. And then there was one other... Uh, 
I think, interesting announcement that we didn't get to uh, prior to the show. It wasn't out there yet. We talked about announcements from AMD and from NVIDIA, but we didn't get Intel. Intel had a a key address session, and they uh, gave out some more of their details on Aurora and the Intel XE HPC chip known as Ponte Vecchio, Tiffany. Yeah, that's right. So there was some news announcements from Intel, that, and the week before, they'd put out some information about the progress on one, MPI, one API. And then in Trish Damkroger's address that you mentioned, she had put out some some other news about um, some early customers for the Intel Ice, Ice Lake 10 nanometer server processor, and a few more details have come to surface about the Aurora machine that um, is going to be deployed at Argonne, and it's looking like that machine will be about a year late, matching the one-year delay on the XE HPC Ponte Vecchio GPU um, that, that had that delay. Um, although with Intel opening the door there to working with external fabs, it, you know there's a possibility it could have come it could come to fruition sooner. But that's the kind of thing where all the stars would have to align, and they really haven't been doing that lately for as, as far as Intel's timelines go. Um, you know, and as I've said, as I've said previously, while there are seven nanometer options for from Samsung and TSMC, these other fabs, there, there's a lot of uh, folks, companies already lined up for for those and, and have put their orders in, you know, months and, and probably years ago. But uh, and what Intel's announced now is that they're making their XEHP GPU, HP for for high performance discrete GPU, available to early access developers. And notably, these these chips have been deployed at Argon lab and will serve as a transitional development vehicle for the Aurora supercomputer, subbing in for the delayed XEHPC Ponte Vecchio, the highest end GPUs that um, are, you know, will provide most of the, the performance for the system. So these XE GPUs, these XEHP GPUs, the ones that they, they have deployed there now, um, or the, just generally these XE GPUs are available in a number of different variants uh, with the Ponte Vecchio at the high end. Uh, but then they also have these other variants, including the HP one that is intended for HPC and data center deployments. Um, and that one comes in uh, one, two, and four tile variants. The one that they're getting, the one that they have deployed at Argon now is a two tile variant. And they're using that um, for exascale readiness. And I don't have a peak uh, double precision floating point, but the peak single precision pointing, floating point on that is uh, 20 teraflops of performance. So they're using that right now for their exascale readiness through their through that program there and with in tandem with the exascale computing project. Yeah, this is just a critical announcement from Intel. We've been hungry for information about this GPU architecture and the Aurora architecture for some time now. So to get that GPU out there, particularly since AMD has announced the MI100, which we've already talked about, NVIDIA, of course, has dominated the GPU, has defined it uh, as as NVIDIA from, from the GPU computing space. So Intel's been late and, and needing to get in there if, if they want to get applications uh, designed for this Intel Xe HPC Ponte Vecchio chip. So I think that is an important announcement. Now, Oliver, you've been waiting for us to come back around to you. I wanted to hear some of the some of your impressions from the show as well. And I think uh, you were uh, uh, key in looking at uh, some of the some of the HPC research as it relates to COVID nineteen. That's right, Addison. Uh, you know, apart from Bjorn Stevens, uh, my SC was pretty much all COVID all the time, and we had some really wonderful. You know, we're we're coming off of the first 
really the first full year, uh, more or less, of advanced computing in the fight against COVID-19, the first full year of the pandemic, which are basically the same timeline. You know, we, we had a plenary panel focus on COVID. Uh, we had uh, big announcements from a lot of researchers. We had a special prize uh, for COVID research uh, from Gordon Bell Prize. And uh, Tiffany, this is something we've been really excited about on our side over at HPC Wire. This year with HPC Wire's Readers and Editors Choice Awards, we launched a special COVID-focused category, Best Use of HPC for Societal Plights, specifically to recognize and honor the tremendous research that's been, been done uh, to fight against COVID this year. And we also launched an inaugural HPC Wire Readers and Editors Choice Awards party that we held on Wednesday with this special focus for to honor and recognize this, this research. Um, and, all, and, all, and all the uh, awardees, but specifically with this, with this focus. So this year we honored eight groups, eight, eight groups uh, focused, who focused on the, the research of importance to the COVID-19 effort with four Reader's Choice Awards and four Editor's Choice Awards. And, and some of the efforts that we recognize were the HPC COVID-19 Consortium, the, that, that's put on, you know, that was created by the, the U.S. Department of Energy and IBM and along with, with dozens, dozens of other uh, groups and participants contributing to that. There's also the COVID-19 Genomics UK project, uh, sort of a, a somewhat sim similar effort, um, the UK base, uh, the a AMD's COVID-19 COVID fund, the Folding at Home project, which as we know, just saw an uh, enormous um, participation in that, Fugaku, the Japanese Rican Fujitsu arm system standing up uh, a year early, get, getting stood up a year early and, and put into service for, for COVID, COVID research. And then, and then research out of Ornell with, with Summit, uh, other research out of Harvard and, and others too. Um, so we just really uh, recognize and, and congratulate all of those winners, you know, for, for they're, they're, they're on the front lines um, making, a, making a difference and um, doing so much with, uh, to solve the COVID problem, um, modeling and epidemiology and uh, evolutionary modeling and, and, and vaccine development and, and, and lots, more, lots more than that too. What, what, did, what did you see it's, with regard to that? It's really good points that you both make. I mean, a lot of times we see these multi-year themes in HPC. We've been talking about AI for years. We talked about big data for years. I go back to SC19. We weren't talking about COVID-19. This was all sprung on us after that. And Oliver, you were making a really good point that this caps off uh, nearly a year of research where HPC has been uh, on the front lines helping to battle against COVID-19. Yeah, that's right. And uh, circling back around to the COVID COVID-19 HPC Consortium, which has really been a uh, massive effort, uh, that's really indicative of a, a big uh, change in the winds uh, that's happening right now. And I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen it in the news that we now have uh, three viable vaccines reporting uh, strong testing results, uh, one from Pfizer, one from Moderna, and one from AstraZeneca just today as we're recording this. And with that, there's been a really big shift in how these organizations and uh, supercomputing institutions are approaching the pandemic after this first year. Just this week, we got an announcement from the COVID-19 HPC consortium that they're entering what they're calling phase two of their operation, uh, where they will focus on supporting patients over the next six months. And if you do that quick calendar math, that lands us around uh, mid-May of 2021, uh, which is around when we're expected to have wide-scale uh, vaccine distribution. So, I mean, I'm, I've been looking at that as a, a triage effort, trying to bridge the gap between uh, where we are now 
uh, with the escalating cases uh, through the winter and get us through to the spring when we can have uh, the vaccines that are the, the fruit of so much uh, supercomputing and uh, experimental labor. Now, a lot of this brings us back around to the more than HPC plenary talk that was early in the show during supercomputing, and that was COVID-19 focused. And I thought they had an outstanding panel uh, again. Um, of all of them, I thought uh, Ilke Altintas from UC San Diego had an outstanding chart where she really highlighted the different ways in which HPC uh, gets deployed against COVID-19, starting from they're all different goals or domains are you talking about decision support making policies vaccine treatment cure all of these things are different possible areas and she also looked at the disparate sources of data and the different types of applications that go into that and what's the role of hpc and supercomputing and all of it rick stevens was also on that panel uh, i i thought there there was a really good look at uh, an overview of the uh, overlap between hpc and covid19 what I thought was really interesting there, Addison, was the discussion of uh, where we go after this pandemic. I know that's just exhausting to think about, uh, but you know, all these experts are saying we need to be learning all the lessons right now for the next one and hearing all these computational experts tell us what they need for the next pandemic. And there was a lot of discussion of how you know, increasingly, uh, as, as we advance in AI and machine learning and, and supercomputing power, uh, the bottleneck is not computational, they're saying, but uh, experimental. Uh, that a lot of, they really would like to see a lot of these labs automate uh, biological testing, automate uh, you know lab testing of, of various varieties. I thought that was a really interesting take. And of course, they're all very invested in making sure that the lessons we're learning during COVID-19, especially from a computational standpoint, uh, organizing and marshalling these resources through the various uh, consortia, uh, don't get lost after a couple of years uh, post-COVID. They want to make sure that we keep this infrastructure in place so that it's ready when it needs to be. We started this podcast talking about a virtual conference and how we were trying to maintain the supercomputing community while all meeting virtually. And before we started recording, the three of us were talking about the notion of virtual conferences, where we were with vaccines, and the outlook for SC21, which is scheduled for St. Louis. And Oliver, you were thinking this might be in time that we could get back in person. I, I think it's going to be a challenge on the timeline, but it might be possible. Gosh, it'd be great if we were all in St. Louis together next year. You know, I, I'm willing to take the long bet. I'm willing to be a little optimistic after after a, <laughs> almost a full year of 2020, Addison. Uh, I think, you know, obviously we're not getting ISC 21, um, but we are looking again at vaccine deployment for at least a couple of these, they're saying around April or May. And I think that might be enough headway for us to see at least a partially in person in St. Louis SC 21. Well, we certainly hope that is the case that we can we can resume a year from now. You know, it all depends on the continued response to the pandemic and the vaccine rollout that HPC is is contributing to. The general chair for SC21 is Bronis Dzupinski. He's the chief techno chief technology officer for Livermore Computing at Livermore Labs. Uh, we certainly hope to be back in person. I I just don't know if. If we'll be ready, as a, a uh, if the world will be ready yet for events that big, or or perhaps they'll have some type of hybrid event with the with a capped in-person attendance. We'll see. 
whatever it is, I know I'll be there. And I'm very grateful for the SC20 planning committee for doing the gigantic pivot that they managed to do so that we still had an effective SC20. It, it was an interesting year for SC as well as for the world in general, and uh, certainly a challenging one for us as analysts and for you as journalists. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have had SC20. Thanks, Tiffany and Oliver, for helping me wrap it all up for our listeners. If you want more detail, there's plenty of SC20 special coverage on HPC Wire. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.